Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, 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 here we go. Man, I, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalm 122, man, that's one of my favorite places just to remind myself and, um, and, and, and just encourage you as well. It's a great day when you get to be together in the house of God. Well, I have the great privilege, man, uh, from pastor to jump in and uh, preach this weekend. And I, whenever I get a chance, I try to tie into what we've already been talking about or kind of reinforce or kind of uh, create a little mini series out of it. And um, that's basically what I want to do. He was talking about the script, God's script for our lives and um, what that means, and we're really spending a lot of time on Jeremiah 29, 11, and we're going to actually get into a little bit more of that chapter today. So today we're going to talk about the script in the scriptures, the script in the scriptures for our lives. So as we've been talking about God's script for our lives, we're going to get into some practical application of how we discern much of that script for our lives. So there are things that we're never going to understand because we're not God, and we don't need to be. The job is already taken. But he does give us so much by his word for us to receive and understand and be accountable to that we have to give attention to it. Okay? So today, again, we're going to deal with this thing of the script in the scriptures. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you it is life. I thank you it is spirit. I thank you that it is life to our flesh, health to our bones. It does a good work in us. So today we look to receive it and everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. So again, verse 11 of that chapter, we've been on for, for a bit, pastor's been uh, preaching and teaching on. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, we can say amen to that. We can receive it, and we do. And it's great. That's an excellent verse. It fits really well on greeting cards, on cups, T-shirts, all of that. It's one of those verses you can take that thing and just drop it wherever, and it's going to be good. But here, I want us to dig in a little further into the treasure today and see really the background that leads us to this verse and how much more is even stated. So the text of that scripture comes to us from one of the major prophets, Jeremiah. If you didn't know that, and if if you're newer to the Bible or maybe you haven't just studied this at all, there's major prophets and minor prophets. Easy, the cheat sheet for it is, the really long books, those are the major ones. (laughs) The shorter ones, those are the minor ones. It works pretty easy. The major and minor prophets in the Old Covenant. And um, so this verse that's stated, it's stated after the Lord tells the children of Israel that even though they will experience 70 years, 7-0, 70 years of captivity under the Babylonians, the Lord is going to work things together for their good. And in addition, chapter 28, which is just leading up to 29, at that point there was a false prophet by the name of Hananiah, and he just came in, did his own little prophetic conference, and told a lie to all the people of God which was, I'm telling you, I'm going to break this yoke that Jeremiah is showing you prophetically, break it off his neck. Inside of two years, y'all are coming out of this, and God is going to deliver you. (laughs) And the Lord was like, lies, lies every time, bro. And you are actually going to die very soon, which is what happened. Because he lied to the people of God about what the truth was for them, which was that it was going to be 70 years. It was going to be a tough road. But, verse 11, And we're going to get to this in just a minute. So in light of all this, they're to continue to live their lives to glorify God according to the plan that he has and trust in him to work all things together for the good. So in light of that, now let's go through all of 
verses 1 through 14. Listen. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people from whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jeconiah and the queen mother, the eunuchs, the officials of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, the metal workers had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, who get a bunch of names here. Pick some Bible names for your kids right now if you want. Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And it said this, verse 4. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. Do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it's a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. Everybody's telling you there's a quick way out. I didn't send them, Okay. Listen to Big Jerry. When Jerry comes up here, old Jeremiah, listen to what he's telling you. For thus says the Lord, when seven years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. Here we go, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you'll call on me and you'll pray to me and I will hear you. You'll seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Just let that, let that marinate for a minute. You see what I'm saying? So, so I want you to realize the fuller picture when you hear Jeremiah 29, 11, what's going down here. That in the midst of exile, the Lord is saying, listen, man, walk through this process because I know the plans I have. Of course, I'm God. Got the script. I wrote it. (laughs) Stay faithful to me because I know the plans I have for you in this process. So whether for you today, you're living in a season of peace and rest or a season of battles and significant challenges, hear this. God is faithful and is working out his plan for our good. I mean, we could go home now, but we won't. It's a few more things that I want to share with you. You know what I'm saying? But God is faithful and he's working out his plan for our good. So um, I had heard, heard somebody say one, one time, God's plan is going off without a hitch. Oh, but God, this is, this is going down, and this person did this, and this law got passed, and these people got killed, and this happened, and this war. And, that. and God is like, hey, just breathe, dog, just breathe, okay? That's my mom. <laughs> just breathe. <laughs> just chill. Just chill. It's okay. It's all going to work out fine because I'm working all things together for your good and for my glory. So listen, just relax. Now, 
What does relax mean? It doesn't mean sit down, grab the remote, and do nothing. Although that's what I'll be doing for a little while later when I'm watching the Chiefs and the 49ers. This is a bunny trail. I'm going to go ahead and take one right now. This is like the third or fourth Super Bowl Sunday I've preached on. I'm like, I'm going to text pastor and be like, is there something here? I don't know here. Like, maybe I should just plan. I'm going to wear, like, team colors next time, whatever. As I was sitting there this weekend, I was like, I'm preaching again on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay. How about that? I, I, if you got predictions, I got the 49ers, but I think the Chiefs always find a way. I don't know. Gosh, they always find a way. Patrick Mahomes is never out of the game. Let's go back to the word now. All right. So Romans 8.28 says this. It gives us this clear connection of what we're talking about. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. That verse, again, good t-shirt verse, good cup, mug, whatever, but living that verse sometimes, sometimes, okay, the struggle is real. <laughs> sometimes when you're in the midst of it, I mean, come on. How many of y'all immediately quoted that when you looked at the bank balance and you had this bill that had to get paid? <laughs> Man, we know all things work together. <laughs> you were like, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure right now. Now, some of you got something more serious. Some of you got a health report from the doctor. I'm telling you, it's tough, but we got to go back here sometimes. Sometimes you look at some of the issues and challenges in the nation and in the world and wars and like Jesus said, rumors of wars. But God is working all things together for his good. So here's some things I want to kind of highlight out of this. So here's four things that I believe we see as an encouragement despite the fact that the, 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 the children of God are in exile here. And in much the same way as we can feel ourselves at certain times in, our, in history and certain places that we are, are, are in our lives, here's four things out of that section of scripture. Number one, have children and raise godly families. Two, work hard and trust God for his direction and provision. Three, conduct your lives with holiness and faithfulness to the Lord. And number four, look to improve and bless the place you live for the benefit of yourself and others. Now, all these four things kind of Sum up in this concept, some of you have heard about it, and I know you've heard about it if you go to the rock school, the concept of shalom. All right? This idea of shalom in the Hebrew context is this idea of God's perfect peace in all the areas of life. So we want God's wholeness in every area of life. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, I'm not Jewish, I'm not Hebrew, whatever. But you better realize that concept is all throughout the word of God and throughout God's purpose. Because what he wants is a return to the state that he had intended for us of wholeness. And that's everywhere. Here's, here's, three, here's three words I'll use to describe it. Provision, purity, and, and posterity. Provision, purity, and posterity. Provision, what God provides us. And that's a big concept. That's not just, hey, I need food or, hey, I need this car. That's whatever he's provided and then being content and enjoying that very thing. Yeah. we got a lot of people today who would like to enjoy things that the Lord did not provide. Men, much of it leads to sin, and much of it is by the hand of man. I could do this. I got it. I'll do me, God. Don't need you. So again, receiving is provision. Purity, living by God's ways. So then as we receive what we receive, we then live out the ways that the Lord has called us to live out in purity. Thirdly, the posterity, the future generations continuing to live for him. Because nobody wants a one and done, do we? I mean, my gosh, we're just sitting there talking about the NFL 
Most teams don't like that, one and done. You want to go, man, I'm going to win the Super Bowl. Next season, I'd love to go 2-15. and 15. <laughs> Said nobody ever. Unless you had personal issues that I don't know about. Like, why am I? Yeah, bro. you know what? Actually, I'd like to go 0-17 next season after we won this trophy. No, nobody's saying that. How much more than what the word tells us in Psalm 145 should we desire what the Lord says, which is that one generation shall praise his works to another and declare his mighty acts. And then it comes again, and one generation shall praise his works to another and declare his mighty acts. I was sitting at my table last night having family devotion with my wife and kids, and my hope and desire, you know, I got one in the shoot right now. Kylos is 20, if y'all know. He's about to turn 21 next week. Yeah. He's going to be, like, embarrassed. My baby boy, man. I mean, he, you don't look like a baby anymore. It's like this. <laughs> He's going to be 21. What is that? So I'm at that point now. And so I want to look and say, man, my excitement is that my kids have their dinner tables one day, giving devotion and praying together in their house. Because we didn't have a one and done because the next generation is praising his works to another generation. Can I get an amen for that? Come on now. Again, so we want it to continue. So as we do all this, all right, I'm going to give you one, um, not qualifier, but one reminder as we get into this. Now, as we break down each of these four things, there's this danger that we have of a concept. Most of you don't even either know the word or interact with it on a regular basis, but it's in the air. And by, by the air, I mean the, it's, it's, in the, it's in the era of time that we live in. And it's this word. It's called syncretism, Okay syncretism. Everybody's like, what is syncretism? Put the definition up. So the blending together of different religions and worldviews. So as we live out, whether we are in exile or feeling like we're in exile or in a time or a season, when we're in a place, we're like, God, where are you at? How do we live out your purpose in this time? There can be this temptation and sometimes a pushing by a culture for us to accept what's called syncretism, which is basically just take a few things from here, a few things from there. I've heard it said this way, buffet religion, or buffet Christianity. You know anybody like that? Mm-hmm. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. I know God's ways are here, but if I could sample this, because I like that from over there, I would like to keep that. It's dangerous. It's dangerous because what happens is eventually it becomes inconsistent and incoherent and unlivable. Okay? An example. We have many of us trying to live a syncretistic thought process as it relates to abortion. And stop, don't let the politicians lie to you and everybody on TV. That's so political. No, it's not so political. Baby in the womb is a baby. Says your Bible. Because what in the world was the psalmist wasting time for saying that my eyes, okay, or the Lord's eyes, I'm sorry, the Lord's eyes saw my unformed substance. And when you go back into the original language, the Hebrew there is embryo. Okay, so the debate we're having about is it a fetus or whatever, or is it viable, whatever, is an irrelevant discussion for the biblical Christian. Because the embryonic stage, beginning, is where God says, I now begin my process. And who are you? Not God. However, whatever choice you think you have, you don't have it. Okay, and I want to be real clear and succinct. I know some people can get offended with stuff, but I'm telling you right now, it's not political. Politicians have made it political. Hollywood has made it political. TV shows have made it political. 
There are things that simply are, and we have to determine, am I going to bow to syncretism and just say, oh, I like that piece from that faith, from that worldview, and I'd like to insert that into God's will and plan. You don't get to do that. Don't add or take away, because you know what will be added or taken, added to you? says the scripture. Curses upon you who adds or takes away from what this scripture says. I'm not signing up for that one, kids. <laughs> we can be real. I know it's heavy. It's not strong, but that's truth. That's an example right there that we have in our culture. Another one is the, the reality that faces us oftentimes of sexual immorality, of whatever type of sexuality that people want to embrace, which is outside of the biblical order, which is this. Let me give you the, I'm going to give you the cliff notes. You ready for them? I went to the University of Florida. Here's cliff notes right here. Here's the two options. Y'all get ready. If you need a pen, write it down. Type it in your phone. You have the option of chastity and faithfulness in singleness. Or you have the option of sexual faithfulness in marriage between one man and one woman. So that took me about 15 seconds. I just solved it for everybody for the culture. If you want to release that clip, it'll probably get scrubbed from YouTube quickly for hate speech or whatever. But <laughs> oh, well. Come to church. And it won't matter what gets, oh, don't get me started here. It won't matter what gets scrubbed from online if you'll be in the fellowship with the saints. Oh, I, I did say it, didn't I? Let me take a sip of water. Cool it down. Cool it down. <laughs> but that's the reality. So I'm, I, I, I hammer that drum because as we get into this, we need to have a real strong and firm position that, man, the Lord's ways are the best ways. Even when I don't get it. But, Lord, we're in exile. But, Lord, that command's kind of hard. But, Lord, that direction is a little difficult. My grace is sufficient for you. Actually, the best place where the grace works is in your weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It's actually the strength of the Lord is perfected, it says, in that place of your weakness. Read your Bible. It's in there. I promise you, I didn't make that one up. I'm not that smart. So as we engage culturally and continue to live our lives for God's glory, we must remember that we are in the world, but not of the world. Turn to your neighbor say, you're in, but you're not of. You are in, but you're not of. You want to reference scripture here, John 17, 14 through 17 says this, Jesus, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 15, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. I have a little object lesson for you. Hopefully it's still, yep, it's here. Here it is. Right here. This cloth looks familiar to some of you who were here last summer when I preached about um, being in and out of as part of one of the sermons. So here's this cloth. You can see it's got a cut in it because I used this before. Another one down there. So this cloth is consistent throughout the fabric, the threads, the color, all of it. To be a part of this cloth, you are of this. You know the old phrase, Cut from the same cloth, yep. right? That's what we're talking about here. So if I take this right now, 
this looks like a good spot. It's not super straight for all of you sewing ladies, but it, it'll get the job done. Right here. Now the piece I cut, you can see very clearly, is there. That's the one from the summer. But this one here is what I just cut out. And I can take this and run this all the way down to South Florida where my parents live. I could take this and fly it to Jamaica, the place of my birth. I could take this and fly it to China where my grandfather came from before he moved to Jamaica, part of my immigration story. That's part of what, did I ever tell y'all why, why my last name's Chung Yu? The immigration official got confused with my dad because, my, my grandfather, because he didn't speak a bunch of, like three words of English. So our last name was Chung. But it's Chung Yu because they were back and forth. He's like, Chung Yu, like you? Like, what's your name? Like, you? Chung Yu? And brother was like, Chung Yu. <laughs> so I could thank the immigration officer. That's why everybody who asks us, like, they know Nige or something, and they'll hear a story about, or, or, or you know, some business in town or people we meet. And um, it's like, Chung Yu, like, we're the only ones, bro. <laughs> you ain't going to find another one. So if you find one, they're related to me. <laughs> Again, so that piece, wherever I take it, it is of that cloth. Cut, might look a little different, smaller, bigger, whatever. It is of the same type. It is of the same DNA. It is of the same origination. That is who we are as we walk these things out in the world. Remember, you are in but not of. So now, let's get to these points. Oh, good, I got a lot of time left. What about each of these points? Let's go to number one. Have children and raise godly families. Now, the first thing I'll say, leave that point up there, is don't tune this idea out if you're young, if you're single, if you're divorced, whatever. Don't tune this idea out. Step one, and the reason why I say that is everybody has a mama and a daddy. Okay? Try as they might right now in culture, you are not going to delete that reality of creation order. It takes a man and a woman. Sometimes you want to go extract stuff, do it in a lab, but it takes a man and a woman. Everyone has a mother or father, however good or bad they were. Whether you knew them, whether you didn't, whether you got to get healed, which if you do, man, let's get healed. Get in a freedom group here. We have freedom groups here. Man, get some ministry if you got to get healed. But everybody has a mother and a father. Okay? which then launches the next generation of that person being raised up, taught, and trained up. Here's the deal. We are all a part of that process because even if not, we're called into God's family, and God calls himself a father. Okay? The greatest name, the greatest title that he would like to be addressed by is father. So Genesis 1, 27 to 28 speaks of this because of the fact that we're created in the image of God and then we're launched out as we're blessed by God to then have the dominion man mandate to be fruitful, to multiply, replenish the earth, to do it and have dominion. That dominion mandate's given to us. And then Psalm 68, 5 through 6, we know is a theme scripture here. If you ever go to our south campus to the rock school, it's in the little pit there where they've got the tables. God sets the solitary in families. He doesn't leave anybody out. He brings you in to family. So we are all called in family in some way, shape, or form. So this process is important that we are called into this place of having children, raising godly families. And guess what? Even in the spiritual, 
you guys are called to have new children come into the kingdom of God. We're bringing some 50 and 60-year-old babies in the kingdom. I'm believing for that today, this week. I'm believing some 85-year-old babies are coming into the kingdom of God. Why? Because if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come because now all things are of God. So a new destiny is established for the person. John 1.12 says this, that if we receive him, as many as receive him, he gives the right to become what? Children of God, sons and daughters of God. And then guess what you do? You don't take a baby. How, how many parents? Throw the hands in the air if you're a parent. How many of y'all took your baby and just said, in the crib, we love you, figure it out. <laughs> Which, you do some stuff like that. No. There's a nurturing process that's taking place. You know, we're, we're now, my, my, my baby is six. And so I'm looking now. It sounds even crazy to look, so I'm looking down thinking, man, a few years, depending on what these guys do, I could be having grandchildren. And I look good. So I was super excited. I was like, oh, what? We can have sleepovers, all this stuff. I'm saying, because it continues. But also... You know, I'm spending time with different guys who I'm discipling during the week. And you know what? They might be it. Here, buddy, come on. This is how we walk. Here, this is how you feed yourself. (laughs) This is how you clean yourself. This is how you do this. This is how you die. Eventually, we get up to a point of, okay, this is how you drive a car. (laughs) And all your parents know. You want to talk about the jump of faith? It's usually the jump of faith. When you start teaching them how to drive, I got, I got two official drivers and one in training, and then one is about to be next. Oh, my gosh. Pray for me. I take Venmo and Cash App for my insurance. <laughs> but all, all in the process. Why? Because we're training and raising. So I want to encourage. I'm, I'm specifically saying, again, if you're not married in this room, I'm specifically saying to you, you are a part of the process. Don't feel excluded of this. When that's stated, don't ever tune a pastor out. Don't ever tune a teacher out. You are very important in that process. There are some of y'all who are in this house. Man, there are single people in this house that helped my wife and I when we had some serious financial blow up several years ago from some investments. I'll call them investments. <laughs> that went south, and we couldn't pay any babysitter. And our kids were all little. But there were young singles who came and said, we want to bless your family. They are a part of the process <laughs> that blesses. I have about six or seven singles who work with me from ages like 20 up to, to 50-something who work with us in our youth ministry on Wednesday nights, training up the next generation, raising godly children. They are a part of the process. Some of y'all parents honor them when you see them for what they're doing because they're sowing into your kids every week to be a blessing because they see it. They see the vision that we're all called. Oh, the moms and dads, you guys take care. No, we're all a part of that process. Amen? Amen. Amen. Second one, work hard and trust God for his direction and provision. Work hard and trust God for his direction and provision. So labor in the natural and in the spiritual to grow material and materially and spiritually. And I'll go back in that section of Scripture, right? Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Verse 5. So you're like, okay, build a garden. You might not build a garden. Again, this is a statement of what you ought to do. I did it for a little bit. 
What we do? Carrots, cucumbers. Yep, grew like a award-winning cucumber. Like one. And there were a few others. And guess what I did? Wrapped it up. I said, Publix, y'all doing a great job. <laughs> we're going to keep rocking with you and Trader Joe's and whoever else and Walmart, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was fun. It was a cool experiment. We did it with our kids. We grew like peppers, carrots, and cucumbers. It just was not our jam. I mean, I was out there. We did. Got the right soil, dug it down. But I had like the boots. I still have them. I bought the boots. They're little waterproof boots and all that stuff so I could go in there. guard, And it's, it's done. But the spirit of what is stated there, the principle I am still about, because wherever you are, there are some of you, your garden right now is the business that you're supposed to start. Some of y'all, the garden is the business that you're currently running. Some of y'all that you're in the business that you need to, oh man, I got to right the ship here. We're in a struggle, whatever. Some of y'all, it's that job that you need to take or it's the job that you're in right now, okay? Quickly figure out, Lord, am I where I'm supposed to be? And if so, let me get to work planting and harvesting the vegetables, metaphorically speaking. Don't complain one more day about your job and your boss. And maybe you might feel like you're in exile, (laughs) but it may be that the Lord is doing a work to change your attitude. And it may be that you blow up there and one day you own the company, but it may not be, but that's okay. Because you're still supposed to flourish wherever that is and work hard in the process at whatever that is. Students, some of you, most of you, because I have several at my home, feel like you're in exile because you don't like school. (laughs) I'm not saying you're wrong at all, okay? Listen to me. Listen, when I took that last test at the University of Florida, I... I held back running down Stadium Road with my hands in the air, dancing. Freedom! I'm like Braveheart. Freedom! I was like, somebody, I need a horse. Follow me. Follow me down the university campus as I lead us out to graduation because I'm out. <laughs> Straight up. But calling at the moment is be diligent, be faithful. What does Colossians 3, 23 tell us to 24? It tells us that we're to do whatever we do heartily as to the Lord. And not for man, because you're serving the Lord Christ. It's a reminder. Wherever you are in the process, you're serving the Lord Christ. You're not just serving man. You're serving the Lord. So be about it and be faithful. Okay? Labor in those things. Again, that's part of what, like we see in Genesis 1.28 again, the dominion mandate. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. All of those things don't change. We continue in those things for the glory of God, for our good and the good of others. Third one. Conduct your lives with holiness and faithfulness to the Lord. This one's kind of built in. This is implicit in that passage. Why? Because why were they in exile? Disobedience and dishonor to the Lord. Okay, so it kind of goes without saying, you're like, the reason for these chapters is we need to walk in holiness and faithfulness to the Lord. Amen. The reason for the whole section is that. So conduct your lives with holiness and faithfulness to the Lord. Again, there's no exception for anyone to live in holiness and honor before the Lord and as a testimony to the world we live in. You don't have any exceptions. It's a hard struggle. I had a rough background. I really would like to do that instead of this. 
I find it really difficult to surrender and obey this. You don't have, there's no, there's no riders and addendums in the walk of faith. Can I be real? You know, you got, everybody who has insurance, sometimes you get that little rider or the addendum that comes with it or, you know, some type of contract. And here's an addendum to the, we got what we got. This is it. And the way in which your life looks within that story may be different, but you don't get exceptions for those things. So I don't say that like with harshness to say, hey, so get over it and just get your walk. Listen, that's why we have each other. This is a struggle. This is a challenge. You know, I love, we just finished a curriculum with some of the boys. Um, by Dr. Christopher Yuan, amazing story, okay? This guy comes out of a, a living, um, living a homosexual lifestyle for a couple of decades, dealing drugs. I mean, he was, he was a mess. And then in prison is when he got right with the Lord, <laughs> in prison. Now this guy is a Bible teacher. But in the process of what he walked out, he's HIV positive because of the hellacious lifestyle he lived. And he's got a struggle, and he's got a lot of things that he's walked through in the process. Lost his father about a year ago, but his dad, one of the great things that his dad said was, man, now you're saved. His parents were believers who loved him into the kingdom and stayed faithful in truth to bring him into the kingdom. He's got a tough road. He would love to be married, but there's going to be some question mark. How does that happen? I, I don't know. Does, he, does God bring some, some woman who is also HIV positive? Does God bring somebody who says, for the sake of love, I'll just enter into this marriage with you anyway? I don't know for him, but I do know this, that the word of that man's mouth is we walk together in family, and I benefit as a single man from the family of God as we walk this thing out together. Even though the challenges are there, I know my only option is holiness before the Lord. And whenever it's tough, I can cry out to the Lord one, but also to my brothers and sisters in Christ. So I'm encouraging you, be there for one another, because somebody's going to be going through it, and rather than step back and be like, well, if you would get over it, or if you wouldn't have done that, if you'd have been like me, pride, now you in sin too because of pride. Stop. <laughs> That's why Romans 3.23 says what it says. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God, so stop trying to elevate yourself. Get down here with your brother and sister. Don't grovel in sin, but say, come on, let's get up out of that because the Lord has called us for greater things. Amen? The Lord has called us up to another level. 1 Peter 13-15 says this, be holy. As he who called you is holy, therefore be holy in all your conduct. All of it. We don't get a carve out for us to do what we want to do because, hey, God understands. Remembers I'm flesh and this is a tough gig. We don't get a carve out. We continue in faithfulness before the Lord and he has graced us to do it for his glory. We do it not to get right with God but because we are. I'm going to say it again. We do it not to get right with God, but because we are, because you can't earn your spot. So let it sink in. I have to let it sink in oftentimes. You can't earn your spot. But in light of the spot you have for the glory of the Lord, you continue to live. And let me tell you this also. This walk, when we get justified by grace through faith in the Lord, and we're now children of God, and he takes us down this walk, this long, some it's super long, some it's super short based on your lifespan of sanctification. Don't start to feel like as I get further down this road, I'm more saved now. <laughs> you're more holy in the pro progress of life, but you're not any more saved. 
If that were the case, then the Lord is not faithful to his word. And I guarantee you one thing I can tell you for sure, he's faithful to his word. Will not return void. Prospers in what it's sent to do. And so as we walk it out, man, let's live in that way, remembering. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says it this way, that we are to do whether we eat, whether we drink, or whatever we do, we're to do all for the glory of God. All for the glory of the Lord. And the last one here. Look to improve and bless the place you live for the benefit of yourself and others. Look to improve and bless the place you live for the benefit of yourself and others. The dominion, I said it earlier, the dominion mandate in Genesis 1 has never changed. We are now called to continue walking this out as we glorify the Lord in our walk of salvation. And that fruitful multiplication also now includes the sons and daughters of God who will be redeemed by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. All of it comes under the glory and the power of God. Proverbs 29.2 says it this way. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. You know why? Because when we live under the Lord's ways, life actually is better. The, the aberrations and the breakups and the issues and the challenges we see is because of not walking in the ways of God. And so, Christian, today you are called to be a one who brings these things into the culture. You're not called to sit on the bench. You're not called to sit on the sideline. You're not called to just kind of exist and get by and just do enough. You are called to bring this into the culture. I am called to bring this into the culture and impact our culture for the glory of God. Whatever engagement that looks like for you, you got to know what that is. But I can guarantee you this, that because he knows the plans he has for you, plans for good and not for evil to give you a hope in a future, it's not for you to step back and engage and kind of tie a knot and wait. Suck me out to heaven one day. That's not the plan. The plan is for you to engage so that God's glory can ever increase and so his kingdom can ever expand so that more and more sons and daughters can come into the kingdom so that the ones who come into the kingdom can be healed and whole and established in the kingdom of God and lift their hands and say, all glory and honor to our God most high. Don't you want to know him too? To your neighbor, don't you want to know him too? Listen, this all happened. It wasn't because of me. It was because of God and his greatness. That's why it happened. That's the power of what's going on in my life. It's not about me and me having a good plan. It's about what did the Lord do? This is why Matthew 28 says what it says, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. That's our call. That's what we do. Take the kingdom, expand it, grow it, build. So go back and do those things. I'm going to say them again. So you're going to have kids and raise godly families. You're going to work hard and trust God for his direction and provision. You're going to conduct your lives with holiness and faithfulness to the Lord. And you're going to look to improve and bless the place you live for the benefit of yourself and others. And then now we're going right back to where we started at verse 11, where Pastor was last week. For I know the plans I have for you. Come on, doesn't that sound even better now? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Come on, stand with me. Stand with me. And I want you to do something. I'm going to reiterate what Pastor said last week. I want you to take this verse, 
personalize it. I want you to take especially that first part and say, I know the plans you have for me. Let it sink in. Lord, I know the plans you have for me. Again, read the last part. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give me a hope and a future. Bring that corporate in on that last part. To give us a hope and a future. Say it again. To give us a hope and a future. Not holding you back from something, not holding you down, but to give us a hope and a future for his glory and for our good. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, God, that you work all things together for our good. I thank you that you are establishing us in truth. I thank you that you are working everything out that looks difficult. I thank you that you are guiding us and directing us as we need to make decisions, Lord. I thank you that you're convicting us of sin and helping us to turn away from it. I thank you you're delivering us from bondage. I thank you you're bringing healing to our minds and our bodies. I thank you you are doing everything that you have promised. You are doing all of those things as those good gifts which come to us in our lives. And so we do. We remind ourselves, God. We remind ourselves that you do know the plans you have for us that you've already declared plans for welfare and not evil to give us a hope and a future. We remind ourselves, God, that you have said it and if you said it, you will do it. I love when some people say, won't he do it? Come on, tell your neighbor right now, won't he do it? <laughs> he will. He will every time. No question. No question that he's going to do it. I'm going to ask the prayer team to go ahead and come down. If you're here today and you have not yet received this, the work of salvation in your life, you know the plans God has for you, or maybe you're just kind of on the outskirts checking it out, then maybe he has something good. And that's not present in your life yet because you've not yet fully surrendered. You're maybe uncertain. I don't know if this... If the Holy Spirit's tugging on your heart today, convicting you today, and you want to pray that prayer, I want everybody to bow their head, and we're going to pray this together. For anybody who needs to receive that prayer, anybody who's watching online later, and I want to give you an opportunity. So again, you want to bow your heads this morning, and we're going to pray together. If that's you, and you want to pray that prayer for the first time, throw your hand up. You want to receive what Jesus has for you. You want to receive the life he has for you. Okay? I'm trusting that. I'll give you another moment. That's you. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pray this prayer for anybody who sees this now online, right now, and anybody who may see it later online. We're going to pray this prayer, believing for any of those people to receive that right now, okay? So now we've are now we're, now we're got the posture here. If that's you, you, you couldn't put your hand up, pray it right now. It's all right. God hears you. You didn't have to check in with me. He's the one who saves, okay? So we're going to pray this prayer now that people would receive the work of salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. For the plans you have for me. Plans not for evil, but for good and for salvation and life eternal. So I turn from my sin and I turn to you and I thank you for the work of salvation. I declare you are my Lord, you are my Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 And now, Lord, I thank you 
for the work you're doing in the believers of this house. Now as we come to pray this morning for those who need healing, those who need a uh, question answered, something in their life, Father, I thank you for these faithful ministers here uh, in this prayer team. I just declare that we'll stand together, locking arms in faith, trusting you, God, that your greatness comes into our lives to express your goodness as a father so that we can see every work done in us, Father, and so that the plans you have for us will be seen, will be fulfilled, and will be walked out in Jesus' name. If you need prayer, come on down this morning. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.